Hello, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast, in case you forgot, because it's been over a month. Oh my goodness. Thank you for listening. Here's my new strategy. I've got my GPS going, and I've got 30 minutes until I get to my location. I will record in those 30 minutes, and then I will be done. We might end on a cliffhanger. I don't know what's going to happen, but what I've determined is that the pressure of, uh, not pressure, okay, come on, the, uh, I just want to, I want to please the listeners, the, the 16 people that I have, that's probably high, the people that I have who listen, I want to keep it tight, keep it concise, keep it together. So today is just going to be essentially me coming on here and making excuses as to why I haven't recorded anything in the past month. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Excuse number one. I, if y'all know, I have two, well, I technically have three cell phones. I, I know people think I'm a drug dealer because I'm always juggling these phones. Thankfully, I don't have a pager because that would be really hard to uh, convince people that I wasn't slinging drugs if I also had a pager on my hip. But um, I typically use one of my other phones. Like I have my main main, you know, my main personal phone. And then I have two work phones for my two jobs. So one of my work phones I typically use to record on because I'm not usually really getting calls. I don't get any texts on that phone. It just makes it kind of easier to not have to tie up my main phone. This is all like super technical. I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's not at all. But anyway, so on that main phone, or that other phone that I usually use, on three separate occasions, now I know you all have no way to verify this, but just listen, you can trust me, okay? I don't lie. On three separate occasions, I tried to record episodes, and on three separate occasions, it froze up, and it would delete them, and it wouldn't play back, and blah, 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 and I don't have time for it. And so what happens in my life is when something's annoying or it doesn't work the way it's supposed to do, I just quit. I'm a quitter, okay? <laughs> I don't quit on my kids, even though they, they are annoying and get on my nerves. So that's something that I'm doing right. But no, like I said, I don't know if it was the app. The times just happened, the times that I tried. I don't know if it's the phone. I don't know if I need to re There's been times when I've had to like delete and then reinstall. I don't know. Anyway, so those three times I was like, I'm recording today. I got real motivated and then I just got shot down because it wouldn't work. <clears throat> So that's, uh, that was, uh, excuse number one. Excuse number two is I really have over the past month tried to, um, how do I want to say, take inventory on my life. I went to the doctor. This is a health update that nobody cares about. I went to the doctor and I had a full, you know, blood work. Essentially, I had blood work because I have athlete's feet. I don't, I don't care. Come at me. Like, make fun of me. I, I, it didn't bother me. I have athlete's feet. I've had it. This is bad. I know it's disgusting. I've had it for like four years. <laughs> because what happens is it goes away or I treat it and I'm like, oh, okay, we're good to go. And then like four months later, I'll be like, my God, why do my feet itch so bad? Oh yeah, it's because athlete's feet is back. So apparently what my doctor says to me is that I had to have blood work because I may have to go on like a prescription 
oral fungal fungus killer medication, which is apparently really rough on your body, your kidneys in particular. And so I had blood work drawn to make sure that my kidneys were in fighting order if it comes to that. Because something about fungus can mutate and what I've probably done is like you're it's one of those things like you have to take the antibiotic even when you feel better you have to take it for the full 10 days well in my situation it was fungus cream and I should have kept putting it on I guess forever I don't know she said for like six months like you need to keep putting it on even when it feels like it's better look I don't have time for all that it's it, it takes less time for me to just itch my feet okay I, I don't know what to tell you so anyway, I get all this blood work back. I'm healthy as a horse. I'm fatter than anything, but I am 100% healthy. I've got the blood pressure of an Olympic runner. I don't know how to explain this. Uh, my my uh, blood sugar levels make it look like I don't eat pans fulls of brownies. Pans full, you know, by the pan. I don't. I don't. I wish I could, but I don't. Uh, you know, everything's a-okay. I'm going to just give a side note here, though, that, that really upsets me. I'm going to give a two, I'm going to give a side note, and I'm going to give a shout-out. And then we're going to come back to this point of me taking inventory in my life as a result of this health encounter. Okay. Side note. I left that doctor's appointment furious, frustrated irritated and and really just kind of felt like scammed like you, you know like I got scammed because how as a doctor can this woman look at me technically she's a nurse practitioner because you know you never get to actually see a doctor anymore you see a nurse practitioner and the doctor's behind a curtain like the damn wizard of oz whatever uh how could she see in there and say to me you're perfectly healthy all your test results look great your blood works perfect you're doing great when the truth of the matter is being obese is not healthy and if you look at my BMI if you look at my weight I am obese and it's not healthy do they teach this in medical school are there any doctors that listen probably not but if there are any doctors that listen can you tell me like dispel this urban urban legend that I have in my mind of like a class full of doctors where the instructor is like hey listen this is our little secret. If you see somebody who's fat and they're in their mid-30s, don't tell them that they need to lose weight because we're going to need their business in 30 years and the only way we're going to have it is if they stay fat. That's what it feels like to me. My mom, okay, here's where we get to the shout out part. My mom just turned 60. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her number one and then I'm second of all I'm so proud of the doctor who finally finally at 60 years old said to her you need to lose weight period are you kidding me she goes okay and this isn't like my mom is healthy she is healthy like her blood work is good but she also has an autoimmune disorder so she goes to the doctor on a regular basis and sees primary care doctors she has a diminished immune system because of some of the medications that she's prescribed for it's just arthritis not like something crazy but um 
So she does like go to her primary care more regularly than I would think most people because she catches everything. She gets bronchitis. She gets sinus infections all the time. So she sees doctors on a regular basis. And at no point do any of these doctors ever say to her, you have a degenerative joint disease. Your joints are not made to carry an excessive amount of weight. That's not the way they were created. You need to work on losing weight. Nobody would say those words to her. I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, I gained like uh, 70 pounds-ish, 60, 70 pounds. And at no point in my entire pregnancy did my OBGYN ever say anything to me about the fact that I was gaining basically double the amount of weight that you're supposed to gain through pregnancy. Not a word. Not a word. So... Anyway, I'm really super proud of my mom because she went to, she actually did, went to an OB, a different OB than the one, the, the, the one that I go to that apparently went to the, uh, scam 101 class in medical school. I, I really believe that's a thing. I don't know, but, and, uh, he told her, you need to lose weight. Like you cannot continue this way. You need to lose weight. And this woman, look, when she gets it in her head that she's going to do something, she does it. She's lost 40 pounds. She looks great. She's she's continuing on. It's going to take a lot of time. She's 60, you know, like the metabolism is 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 slow, but if you see Deb and you know her, tell her she looks good because she's doing really really good. She's sticking to it and I'm so so glad. I mean, I've told her, my brother's told her, we've tried to encourage her along you know, along the years to um, work on you know work on her way but it took a doctor and I love that doctor for it because you might have just saved my mom's life you know what I'm saying like you literally this doctor literally may have just put my mom in a position to live for an additional 10 years whatever I don't know who knows but I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful for the doctor that told her, and I'm thankful for my mom for motivating and following that medical advice. And to loop back, I'm irritated with my doctor who made zero effort to say anything to me about the fact that I was overweight. And so, essentially, I walked out of that appointment because the whole thing, the whole reason why we were kind of brainstorming too was because I have mentioned before, like I have chronic fatigue, excessive fatigue, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, it was never talked about like, it may be because you're overweight. It may be because blah, blah. No, nothing. She never brought anything up like that. You know what she told me to do? Get more sleep. (laughs) And I was like, well, if that's the solution, why didn't I think of that? Because here's the thing, Lainey, it doesn't matter how much sleep I get. I still want more, but thanks for the tip. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, I walked out of that appointment, and I basically said, I have to really do an inventory of my life because, by the way, we're talking about excuse number two, even though I've gone, gone off on, like, 16 different rabbit trails between then. But I essentially had to look at my life and say, I think a lot of the reason why I have this fatigue is because of weight. And I think that another reason why is because of stress. And so what are things that are causing me stress? I have four kids. Like I can't get rid of them. I don't want to. Um, but like, can I, is there, are there things that I can cut out to give myself a little bit more time, a little bit more um, flexibility 
and and just try to cut down on the amount of like self-induced stress you know like there's difference between like I'm stressed because I have to pay bills like I have to do that but like things that I've added into my life that I could essentially remove that maybe are causing stress and here's what it came down to I looked into some other options because if you listen from the beginning you know that and if you haven't I'm gonna tell you my goal with this podcast is 100% to try to reach as many people as possible for Jesus that's like the main main My second goal is to try to share honest stories about my life and about other people's lives to try to help people to learn from the mistakes that I've made, to learn from the successes that I've had, to learn from other people's mistakes and successes, and to either not do the same thing or do do the same thing, Um, and to encourage people into positive positivity. That's I hate that. I'm going to encourage a positivity. I don't know. But you know what I mean. Like, I just want people to... I want there to be some gain. I want there to be a payoff for you listening. I want you to get to the end of an episode and either laugh or cry or feel emotionally connected with what I'm talking about, either for yourself or for someone else, I want you to pass it on to a friend. I want to be able to connect with as many people as possible. I live in a really isolated world. I'm a single parent with four children, and so I don't go out. I don't socialize with friends. I don't have a big... Like, this is so sad. (laughs) This is so sad, and I'm really... It made me think, like, I got to work on making some friends because... I'm 36 years old. I'm sitting in church on Sunday and our and our pastor is doing this campaign of like every person if every person invites one person to the Easter service, like that would be amazing. We have I don't know, 250 people in each service, so if every person invited one person, can you imagine? There'll be 500 people whatever. So there's these cards of like who's your one and you're supposed to write the person's name and then pray for that person and then you know, figure out how you're going to ask them. Look, y'all, I don't have a person. (laughs) It's not that I don't have any people that I know. It's just that I don't really know anybody that I can ask to come to church with me who either A, doesn't already go to my church, B, doesn't already go to a different church, or C, lives in another state. Like, I don't have a person, so I got to start making more friends. I got to start putting myself out there, but anyway, why did I start talking about that? I don't know. Crap, and I can't rewind it. Anyway, anyway, oh, here we go. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I live a pretty isolated life, like I was saying. I, uh, I don't, I don't socialize a lot. I don't have a lot of interactions with other people outside of my work and my family. And so to be able to reach a wider audience and to be able to, to speak to people that I don't know, sometimes people that I do know, but I just don't get to talk to regularly and to share my life and to share stories. I really believe that God has called me to do that. And so excuse number two is negated because when it came to cutting things out of my life, I really just could not justify cutting this podcast out 
despite, you know, being a year in and it's not like I'm having a ton of growth or that there's been any like profit. Like that's not my goal. My goal is, you know what, if the same 10 people listen and get something out of it, then that's 10 more people on any other given week than I interact with. And I'm, I'm happy with that. So, and I hope that I can do good. I don't know. (laughs) I hope that I can do a good job to continue to bring some value to your life because that's 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 my goal that's what I want to do I want to encourage and uh and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that okay so the last I got like 15 and a half minutes the last 15 minutes here I want to talk about real quick is um I want to highlight some specific information about foster care Um, in a way that I'm hoping will encourage more people to consider becoming foster parents and or partnering with foster families that you know in, in, in a way that can be really helpful to them. Why aren't you going the speed limit? Oh my goodness. Wow. Somebody yesterday told me that I have road rage. I don't have road rage. I, you know why? Probably because I do. And I've recorded myself having road rage. <laughs> I'm not mad though. Like, I don't know. I don't get mad anymore. My emotions are, uh, are very limited these days. I get mad with my ex-husband. And that's pretty much the only one who does it to me anymore. <laughs> he just knows how to push my buttons. Bless his heart. Um, anyway, I'm getting off track here. Okay, so here's an update. I adopted two babies. Can you believe they let me do that? Can you believe that for two and a half years, I I was a foster parent to Mia and then to Max for about 15 months. And then they, they had a judge tell me that I'm their mom forever. Can you believe that? Listen, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm telling you right now. You know, I got two more kids. No big deal. No big deal when it comes to college. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, Hey, here's a heads up. Want to know how prepared I am? Right now I'm getting a scam likely call from Maryland. I turned my phone on silent so it's not interrupting us. That's right. I'm back and I'm responsible and I'm doing it right this time around. I don't know. I'm sure I'll get another interruption here soon. Um, anyway, so I adopted two babies on March 22nd. It was a beautiful day. I, um, you know, when you're, when you're single parenting, this is one thing that I've noticed over the, about the past, I guess really since Mia came is that big, exciting days come and go. And I barely get to process what happens before the next thing is happening, um, like I was thinking last night, my son is 12 years old. He opened his first college acceptance letter yesterday. Let me just, for the people in the back, he's 12. Uh, like this kid is, I mean, it's just amazing. He's 12 years old. He just got accepted to college. He's going to be going to college in the fall. He's going to be starting college at 12 years old. I don't even, I can't even put my head around it. And on top of that, he got all A's. on his last report card, which was, you know, it's which you're like, well, does that matter? He's going to college. No, it was, it's been a struggle. Like he's in a high school math class and it's really hard. And he, um, you know, according to the teacher, he's like one of the top kids in the class. 
you know, but it's a hard class. And so he got to be the first quarter. No, he got to be the second. He got an A the first quarter, B the second quarter, and then he brought it back up to an A. But I was thinking last night, like, that happened, and now this college admissions happened, and, like, if our lives were a little bit less chaotic, we would celebrate that. Like, we would go out to dinner, or I would take him to get a new game, or we would do something, but it's like, these things happen, and we don't get a chance hardly to even really experience, or I don't feel like I get, anyway. So, the adoption day happened, and then literally, like, we went to Chuck E. Cheese for lunch with our family and the people who had come to support us. And then, like, I went to Sam's. <laughs> like, uh, it was not, it was, it was not, um, it was not anything too glamorous. So I went to Sam's. I went and picked up some t-shirts for an event that I had at my church. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Went home and took naps, just like every other day. Here's the other thing. Like, they're two in one. Someday it's going to be very important to them. Someday it's going to mean a lot to them. Someday they're going to want to see the pictures and it's going to be like really, really special. But for that day, like it was just another day. It was just another day of being like in a dress for Mia and a lot of people, like all of her favorite people were there. So that was exciting. Um, We went to Chuck E. Cheese. They love playing games. Like, that was just another day and they're not going to really even remember it except for to look at pictures. So maybe if they were older, it would have been different. But anyway, so I just want to say today as I'm, I'm essentially winding down just a few more minutes is that if you've ever had any inclination towards foster care or adoption, I want you to, to say this statement. I've thought about foster care, but, and then I want you to list your buts, <laughs> like, but I would get too attached, but this, this, and this, but this, this, and this, because what I want to want you to know is that there is a, for almost every, I don't want to say excuse, because I think excuse has such a negative, it's like, it's not a negative thing, like, these are legitimate concerns, let's say concerns, for every concern that you have, almost every concern that you have, there is a solution or there is a way that you can work through it or there's education or there's information that you can, that I could provide for you to dispel that concern. Now, if you are, if you want to foster, but you also want to continue to carry your nine millimeter on your hip, I got nothing around that. Like, that's that's a hard and fast, no can do. <laughs> um, but if you want to foster, but you're concerned that you won't have the money to purchase everything that a child needs when you bring them into your home on the last minute, I can help you with that. There are other people that I know that are foster parents, that are advocates for foster children, that could help you with that issue. You know, when I started fostering and I became licensed, um, I had a lot of concerns too, but I knew that God had called me to foster care and I knew that he would provide. I have this thing, you know, you go into Hobby Lobby and there's all kinds of cheesy, cheesy stuff, but I saw this thing there and I had to have it and it says, um, what God calls you to, he will provide. He, you know, I'm saying it wrong, but you know what I mean? If he calls you to it, he's going to provide. 
If you're in, if you're walking in the path and in the way that God has called you to, to go, he will provide. And I don't just mean tangibly. I mean emotionally, spiritually, financially, tangibly. Like, he will provide for you. He's not going to call you to something, whatever it would be. Even if not, I'm not just talking about foster care, like anything. But specifically foster care, like, he's not going to call you to that world and then just say, Okay, now, thank you so much for coming into, <laughs> into my into this ministry. Goodbye. Like, no, he's going to, he's going to be there for you and he's going to provide for you in ways that, I, I mean, there was a time, um, without going in, I don't, know, I don't care for over a year, I did not receive any child support, um, for my daughter from my, from her dad, my second husband. And so financially, it, I mean, this is fresh. Like it just happen within like all basically 2018 and more a little bit more than that about 14 months total um and it was a really big struggle I ended up having to pick up a second job which I'm still at today and it you know financially my credit is completely shot there's nothing like buying a vehicle at 36 years old and having your parents having to co-sign on the loan because my credit is completely in the tank. Um, I'm rebuilding now. I'm working on it, but it was really, really hard. And I remember there was one uh, moment where my daughter was going to gymnastics and I just really did not know like how I was going to pay for it. And up until that point, I had not had to borrow any money from my family I had not had to take my kids out of any of their activities. Like, nothing had slipped. I mean, my mortgage was late a couple times. But but as far as my kids knew, like, the electric was always on. You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing that they could see that would give them any idea that financially there was any struggle at all. Like, they were still in their activities. They were still getting clothes. They were still having food. Everything was normal for them. And so I really was just distraught over, am I going to have to take my daughter out of gymnastics and then I'm going to have to explain to her that the reason is that I don't have the money to pay for it. And on that day... I got a um, card in the mail from a woman in my church who I had just met, um, you know, a few weekends before, an older woman. I had sat by her completely randomly. I say that, but we all know that ain't the case. Nothing's random. I had sat by her at a mother-daughter tea something. I don't Christmas party something, women's something for my church. Older um, woman and really, like just connected with her right away she reminded me of my grandma to be honest but um she sent me a card with a check in it and it wasn't like it was an exorbitant amount it was 50 bucks but it was also 50 bucks for my daughter's gymnastics it was the the amount that I needed so I know that seems silly I know it seems like just what are you doing like you don't put your kids in gymnastics if you can't pay your mortgage on time but here's the thing my kids have been through enough a lot and so in that moment what I needed and what God I just I want to convey to you that God sees your heart and he sees what's important to you and he will provide for that 
why am I about to cry? I don't know. Um, and so in that moment, even though it seems so stupid, like just pull her out of gymnastics, she'll be, it's not like she's going to the Olympics. The child can barely walk. You know, it's not like she's got a future in the pole vault or poles or beams or whatever you want to call it. Like, but on that day, what I felt when I opened that card and saw that check, what I felt, and I felt this so many times, is I felt this overwhelming just God looking at me and saying, I see you. I see you. I see what matters to you. And what matters to you matters to me. And I see your heart. And I see that you're serving me. And this is a way through this $50 check of me saying to you that I am faithful. And in, in the big ways and in the small ways, I will provide. That's what it was. So I just want to say that. I've got two minutes. Not even that. I, uh... I'm going to start out this series by just saying, talk to me, talk to me, talk to somebody. Even like I said, it may not be foster care. Maybe it's, I don't know, selling your house and moving across the country to start a new church. Maybe it's uh, packing up and, and moving to Indonesia to be a missionary. I don't know what it is, but if you believe and you feel like there's something dramatic or something exciting or something crazy that you need to do with your life. I I watched this pastor and I've talked about him before, but, um, John Piper is his name. And one of his, I guess, I don't know if it's popular, but one of his, one of my favorite messages, I'll say that of his is a message where he talks about not wasting his life and how he had this realization in his twenties that he did not want to waste his life. And that has stuck with me. That has been something between him and my grandmother that like I have, I feel the weight of that as well. And so if you're in that position of feeling like I don't want to waste my life, I'm going through the motions, I'm doing the same things every day. Yeah, I'm taking care of my kids. Yeah, I'm paying my bills. Yeah, we're doing the once a week vacation every year. Yeah, we're, or one week, whatever, summer vacation, and we're grilling out. We're doing all the things that are good. That's the thing. It's like, those things are all good. They're good. Those are all good things. Those are the things that I do. But is there more? Can you leave an impact on this world? Can you be somebody who does more, who steps up to the plate and lives a life that doesn't make sense to the rest of the world for the sake of not wasting your life. That's it. That's all I got. Look, I went 30 seconds over. Come at me. It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I'm going to keep being here. I'm going to keep showing up for y'all. Uh, send me an email. It's gmail.com. Catch up with me on Instagrams. Um, and I'm on the Twitter, but I haven't really been on it. I think I talked about this before. Instagram has been a really neat platform for me that I've gotten connected up with a lot of single foster moms. And so that's kind of, it's, it's just a lot easier for me to connect there than what it was on the Twitter. Um, and I'm on Facebook, but I still haven't figured out my Facebook page. So leave that alone. I'm a mess, basically, is the end of the story. So that's where we're at. I'm so glad to talk to y'all again. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to have made it through this recording without the app freezing up. I cannot believe that. We're good to go. I'm going to post this today, and I'll talk to y'all the next time. Goodbye.